to help them get past the barriers of DSS because my mother had DSS involvement at one time. And I just think if their approach, if they got the support, she got the support she needed, the outcomes of my sister and myself and my brother could have been a lot different. Mm. So I want to be that change that I would want to receive. Also with that, Fellow Legacy Ninja. Again, want to welcome you to the community and ask you, what type of catalyst are you becoming or what type of catalyst are you at this point that's creating change in the life of others? When you look at what you have at your disposal, when you look at who you are as an individual, what do you possess skill-wise or tool-wise that you can bring to the forefront and impact the lives of others? We do not take the time to really do the deep dive and see what we have in our possession, what we can do with those things and turn around and become a catalyst in the life of somebody else. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Felipe Blue. He has a quote that caught my attention, and it was going from crip to counselor. And it's one of those things when you think about that, how often have you found yourself in a difficult situation and were given a second chance and ran with it to impact the lives of others? Felipe and I talk about using our past experiences as fuel for change, the power of pain and what that does for you and then become a catalyst for change. It is one of those very powerful and unique things when you start thinking about it and seeing what's in your possession that you can utilize and become the catalyst that somebody else needs in their life to project and make that trajectory to start making the change that they desire. So after this episode, Hopefully you take the time as a fellow Legacy Ninja and look and see what skills, what tools do you have at your disposal that somebody else needs or what are you holding back on and not providing to others to help them create the change that they desire. Enjoy the episode and we'll catch you later. Welcome fellow Legacy Ninja to the next part of the journey here. Coming in, Scott Brandt, half of the host for the Legacy Digging Podcast. And today I have the honor to have a special guest on with us, Felipe. I met Felipe through a Facebook group, but also through Clubhouse. And he had shared his story. And there was a piece on there that really stuck out in regards going from crypt to counselor. And that was something that really hit me heavy in regards to being in that, just listening. And hearing somebody that talks about that piece. And so with what we're doing here, building a legacy, talking to people on their legacy that they're building, it's just these type of stories really that makes those impacts. That really is what, if somebody hears it, could be that nugget that they're looking for to make that change. And so Felipe, when you think about that, when did you come to that tagline of talking and going from crypto counselor? What was really the turning point for you to create that tagline for yourself? The turning point is a slow transition, really, to be honest with you. I grew up in gang gang territories, a lot of gang affiliation and associations in my youth. My brother, younger than me, in the same gang. I think the game changed, the catalyst for change, 
was when my brother was killed, the retaliation based on that by my gang, the trial that I went through regarding, you know, what happened and what occurred. And then just seeing the light because I was given a second chance and being able to walk from that lifestyle to do something different. Oh, man. And I, I can I can't imagine having an incident where you had lost a sibling being in that world. And then you talked about that, that retaliation point and then flipping that perspective. And so with being in the world of a counselor and really focusing on the mental health piece, when you look at where you're at, where you come from, what is the legacy that you're working to build right now? And what is it that you want to leave behind that when you're gone from earth, you end up impacting your great-great-grandchildren, you impact your friend's family through their great-great-grandchildren by what you built. So what is that that you're building and what do you want to leave behind once you leave planet earth? Building a legacy of wellness, mental health wellness, holistic wellness based on, you know, my culture, my background, mental health is not something that you would adhere to or align yourself with because it came from a norm that wasn't aligned with our culture to let, you know, clinicians like myself, you know, to transition the norm so that, you know, the norm isn't the norm that they may have in these books that, you know, people that come from your same walk of life are now in these helping roles that you can get the help you need. A lot of times our culture would say what goes on in the house stays in the house. And that created a life of trauma and a life of crisis, sexual and physical, that we weren't allowed to speak up, speak up on it or speak about it because whatever would happen in the house stayed in the house. And look at the impact that had on the youth that went through those experiences, such as drug addiction and acting out behaviors in which they did the same thing that their perpetrators did to them when they were a youth because they didn't get the help because our culture said, keep it in the house. Shh, don't say anything. Additionally, just letting people normalize mental health. We think that it's a weakness. We think that it's you know, something less than. In many ways, depending on who we're in front of as the clinician, th- that may be the way that you're, you're receiving that information. So just having the type of clinician that can understand your perspective, that you don't have to explain your perspective because they walked in a similar path or know of a walk of a similar path and accept you as you are. Mm. And when you look at being a former gang member, how much of that played into what you're doing now as a mental health counselor? How much of that world and how much time and effort did it take you to work to get into where you're at now, really helping people focus on the mental health piece and helping that to become healthy. Because I I know for one of those things, I tell people, I'm like, and it's Les Brown I actually talked about. He's like, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. And so with your background, being a former gang member, and then transitioning into being a counselor, a mental health technician, what was that journey like for you from going from gang member to counselor? For me, I had a history of mental health issues. My mom had a history of mental health issues. My sister had a, a period of time in which she had mental health issues. I was hospitalized. My mom was hospitalized. My sister escaped hospitalization. 
but we didn't get the help we needed. We didn't get the services we needed, the medication, not necessarily addressing our mental health issues. I'm diagnosed with bipolar two. My mom is diagnosed with bipolar one. Um, my sister undiagnosed, probably bipolar two, not getting the right kind of medication, not, not trying to get the right kind of support. And I just want to be, I want, and when I was going through my things, especially when I was going through trial and when I was given a second chance, cause I could have easily done life or got the needle be the change that I would want to receive. You know what I'm saying? When I was stabilizing in my life, got had that reset button, and I was thinking about what can I do for my life? What can I do, you know what I'm saying, moving on from here? I don't have to be a crip anymore. I have other skills. I have an intelligence I could put to work. And I decided upon, you know, at first it was business, but I was like, oh, this is so boring. Oh my gosh, I can't do this forever. <laughs> and then um, I took a philosophy class and it was just so enlightening that I saw the world through a different lens. And I said, you know what? I want to do human services or counseling or something like that. So I went to school for human services because I wanted to give back because as a gang, as a gang member, as a person in a certain community, I took a lot of resources from the community and just wanted to give back but also in that work, 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 work. So I can erase the pain that I caused. I know my mother still experiences to this day. Mm. And then when you, because I, I bring this up, I think as gentlemen, we, we truly really slack with handling our emotions, opening up and asking for help. I went through a divorce and so I tell people, I'm like, if I could have had somebody I could have leaned into, it would have made the transition a little bit easier. But I also look at it in regards to the fact that I tried to do things on my own. Um, And so when you look at where you're at, building that legacy, are you looking, is it a full-scale men, women that you're looking to work with, or is your niche mainly men? the gang unity is that specifically who you uh you look to work with or is it everybody that you end up just helping out touching base with and ending up making an impact in their lives my niche is divided in half basically my caseload primarily consists of women who rate who are raising children who have been um impacted by their addiction impacted by trauma or crisis i'm a dialectical behavior therapist and i'm also a um a parenting therapist, you know, teaching parenting group classes to help them get past the barriers of DSS. Cause my mother had DSS involvement at one time. And I just think if their approach, if they got the support, she got the support she needed, the outcomes of my sister and myself and my brother could have been a lot different. Mm-hmm. So I want to be that change that I would want to receive. Also with that, the caseload, yeah, the caseload is mainly women, you know what I'm saying? But I support, my other thing I do is I support clinicians. I support helping professionals through my nonprofit to get them the skills they need to, in order to navigate this world that we live in regarding the helping field that we don't necessarily learn in school and that we don't necessarily learn in traditional CEUs, which is ongoing credits for certifications and licensures. So giving them the support they need so that they can be okay, so that they can be you know, that which they would want to receive. Offer supervision, offer peer support, offer trainings and curriculums. I develop workshops for their agencies in order to align them with best practice regarding in a very eclectic field of help. But the books that you learn from that taught you aren't based on your norms. So just creating a learning norm so that you can work with this population 
appropriately. Hmm. And so is that part of when you look at what you're bringing to the table, that training program, that support for other clinicians and whatnot, is that part of that legacy for you too, is creating real life training courses and really help because I, I've, I went through school and I know I laugh because I'm like, okay, that's cool. We got the foundation through the books, but how often, once we leave school, how often are you digging into those books? It's no, let's use the real world stuff. And so when you look at the piece of the potential, what you can do with your coursework um, and whatnot, what does that look like in regards to your your legacy that you're building? Well, like I said, it's underneath the umbrella of my pro- my nonprofit, More Than Therapy. My daughter, she's aligning herself in that way. She's going to be a, um, a speech therapist, which aligns with best practice regarding the work that we do. So she'll be underneath the umbrella. My son, he'll be finished. He's finishing his degree in pharmacy. And we also know that medication is not the one-all fix-all, but it's a, an additional help and assistance regarding stabilizing and getting your mental health under control. So, you know, he'll be working with us as well. So and just by planting the seed, I planted the seed in them as we move forward regarding help in a community that needs a lot of help and a lot of support, especially now, now more than ever, in my opinion. Apologize for that. My phone overheated on me. Oh, I know that. I know that pain very well. For some reason, my iPhones get really, really, really hot in the car, and boom, I can't find I can't find out where I go next. <laughs> yeah, no, so I had to cool it off a little bit. But so you're talking both your kids are in the environment, same environment uh, technician piece. So it looks as if you've got the view on a family piece, kind of creating a family dynamic to help out in that mental health piece. So when you look at that, what does that give you as a man and as a father with creating a family dynamic within what you're looking to do for mental health and expand and help change the game in regards to the mental health piece for people? Well, first and foremost, you know, I just, I'm just happy that I laid a great value system and a great foundation to want to help and to be a helping agent. So I think I did, well, my, my ex-wife and myself, I think we did well in that aspect. And not even that, just extending, you know, the, the leaves and the roots to other family members, cousins who are in real estate, who are donating land to um, help with the homeless population, cousins who are lawyers and judges who are working with um, people regarding their records and assisting them to get the help they need instead of incarcerating them teachers who are working to change curriculums to better educate children and youth as it pertains to their wellness and their recovery and how to navigate this world in a more in a way that doesn't hurt or hinder them or treat them less than as far as the family dynamics you know just being able to lay a seed that even if it doesn't go forward with the nonprofit just lay a seed of being what you would want to receive and helping people, because why are we here? Are we here to get rich? Or are we here to be, to love, to protect, to serve, to support? I think that question there is huge. I know if you look, uh, many people believe it's our purpose on earth is really to walk hand in hand with others 
make an impact and help change the lives of others? And I think that's a great question right there. So for our Legacy Ninja that's listening to this, I would write that down and really do a deep dive for yourself and see what it is for you and what you really want to accomplish in life. So that's a, that's a great question, Felipe. Love having that question posed. Um, and now when you look at who you are as an individual, we talk about this idea of theory crafting. So it's stuff that maybe you've got this slight idea that you want to work on, but nobody really knows about it yet. And we look at it as the opportunity that if somebody comes and listens to this and let's say you do pass away and they're like, oh, that's what Felipe wanted to work on or that was an idea that they had or this was just who they were. Let me explore that a little bit more. Patrick will talk about people with Bitcoin. Some people don't want to talk about that because they make it look that funny and whatnot. But when it comes to who you are, Felipe, what is that piece or a couple things about you that a lot of people don't know? And if they come across this audio and let's, God forbid, you pass away and they hear that and they're like, man, that's such an interesting idea or thought. Let me look into that and see what I can do to help elongate what Felipe had in regards to ideas and thoughts. Well, you know, some people, a lot of people do know about it, but they don't know why I do it. I do these mini podcasts called Thoughts. And Thoughts is basically just ideas that come into my head, ideologies that I might come across. It might be an experience I went through, might have been an experience I went through with a client. And so I I think about it, I write a little bit about it, find a quote that aligns itself with it, and I record it. And that's why I do podcasts in that way, because at any given time, that might be a gem for somebody else or a gem for somebody all the way across the world who just happened to Google a term like grief or something like that, come across this five-minute podcast and listen to it and get some nuggets from it and get some questions to ask themselves in order to grow from it. And so that's one of the things that I do right there. That's the reason why I started a podcast underneath the Morning Therapy umbrella. And I do those mini podcasts called Thoughts because when I'm, when I'm dead and gone, you know, I'm not promised today. I'm not promised tomorrow. But when I'm dead and gone, my voice will always be. My mission will always be. My thought process regarding a particular issue will always be readily available as long as there's digital media, you know what I'm saying? As long uh, as there's a Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I think that's huge. So for your umbrella with the, the podcast that you have going on and the different things that you have going on, if somebody wanted to go and take a listen to that on the major platforms, Spotify, Apple, anywhere else that's not really known, but maybe somebody comes across it. Right. Okay. I mean, I think that's huge because uh, Travis talks about it and people really have to understand the power of podcasting. It's one of those things, as long as it doesn't get deleted, it's there forever. And right. so what you're speaking on, what you're sharing on could be to the end of the world whenever that happens and whatnot. But I, I think that's huge just because there is the ability that when we look back in history, things are spoken, things are shared, and sometimes the transcription, it gets lost. And so this digital media with podcasts is huge. That it's that continuation of being out there and you, you said it, so it's there and it's not hard to not lose the meaning as long as it's up and living and whatnot. So I think that's huge. 
And uh, the final thing that we talk about, and I think we, we talk about the power of gratitude because you look at gratitude, it helps you expand on the growth and what you're, you're grateful for and whatnot. So right now, who are a couple of individuals that maybe you haven't had the chance to say thank you to, but you'd like to show gratitude for those individuals or people, situations, whatever that is. So what, what, what are some of those things for you that's in the gratitude realm? In the gratitude basket, I'm thankful for being challenged by change by employers that treat me less than or don't respect my stance because it moves me out of complacency to do what I need to do for myself and others. I'm thankful for the loves I had and the loves I lost as I grow from the experience and can grow to be a better person, if not for you, then for the next one. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's the way it works, doesn't it? I'm thankful for having the right supports around me, such as Aquanda and Marlena and Dominique and others who give me the support I need in order to be a better person, that support my mission, that support my needs, that gives me that pat on the back when I'm doing well, that gives me that stern talking to when I'm not doing so well, that lets me see a clearer path to victory when I oftentimes don't see it for myself, drawing out the motivation, evoking the change within me by the words that they say and the support that they give. I'm thankful for my circle, which I call Ubuntu. I am because we are my cohort, my support, my family, my friends. I'm also thankful for my those that will be deemed my enemies because they help me be better and help me be greater as I do what I do to shine on them. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't know who my enemies are, but I do know those who act like enemies and I walk accordingly. Mm, mm, I like that. I think, uh, of course, the shout out to the the people that are giving you the support and whatnot, but I think you highlighted challenges. You've highlighted those individuals that like to uh, create challenges for you, enemies that are out there that help shape who you are and whatnot. I think that's huge. Um, Those are things that sometimes we overlook and we don't really take the opportunity to say, okay, what did I learn from this? How can I grow from it? So I think that's huge. And so that's another thing right there as uh, as a listener that's listening. I'd write that down and kind of say, okay, what challenges have come up? What can I learn from? How can I grow from it? How have I become better because of it? I'm grateful, Felipe, that you dropped those right there. Those are huge mic drop situations. As we get ready to end the episode here, if uh, somebody, because we have the podcast, so we'll put that in the show notes once the episode's released, somebody who wanted to connect with you, how are some different ways that they can reach out and just have a conversation with you? The best way, just to keep it nice and neat, is to go to morethantherapy.org. That's M-O-R-E-T-H-A-N-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. Org, and that'll connect you to the podcast, connect you to a, a scheduler if you want to consult or speak with me, connect you to the social medias. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything related to the mission, myself, and how you can assist with the mission or how you can get support from the mission.
And I would say, as somebody that's in the podcast realm, somebody that listens to a lot of different podcasts, for the audience and those that resonate with Felipe, if you guys have had the time to listen to what he speaks on, I would highly suggest go out there through the different avenues, leave a review, leave your thoughts, give feedback, um, because ultimately for hosts of podcasts and what we're trying to create, that feedback from our community is huge to allow us to know maybe something that we need to talk on or highlight, or maybe there's something that we need to go more in depth with. So I would just say for anybody that listens to Felipe, go give them a review, give them feedback, help help each other out. That's the biggest thing and whatnot. So man, I'm appreciative that we made the connection. I'm, yes. I'm grateful for the power of Clubhouse, Travis and Billy and whatnot. So I, I thank you, Felipe, for your time. Um, what we'll do is we'll schedule a time after the episode releases, do a quick live, just have a, a, another conversation, and go from there. Uh, before we end, was there anything that stuck out for you, any aha moments that maybe came up towards the end that you wanted to hit on before we sign off? No, just, you know, I just encourage people to be what they will want to receive. Remember that the five people closest to you impact who you are and how you will grow. So choose your friends and sometimes your family wisely. If you're the smartest person in your group, then that's not the group for you, is it? Boom, man, right there. That, that last one right there for listeners, write that down, take a listen, and do a deep dive and look at who you're surrounding yourself with. So other than that, as a Legacy Ninja myself, want to thank you for coming on here, one of our fellow Legacy Ninja. And uh, we look forward to walking with you, helping you to extract those nuggets and then help you create your legacy that you can leave on planet Earth that impacts others besides yourself. Indeed, indeed. Thank you for having me.